On the Record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC, a dedicated private business team built around you. It all adds up to the new equation on News Talk. As you know, there is those surrender bins are being rolled out at Electric Picnic where people who want to give up and sort of almost a veil of an amnesty on site, if you want to call it that. And it's kind of brought a little bit more focus on the, the, the diversity, the different types of drugs that are out there, the free availability and all those issues have put a little bit more emphasis on where we should go with drugs policy. And the Citizens Assembly is in session this weekend, both Saturday and Sunday, trying to bring and evolve policy a little bit further forward better supports, but also what might the future of our law and legal framework be on drugs? Where is it going to be? We'll be talking about that as well in the next few minutes. Now, joining me is Dr. Joanna Ivers, who is an Associate Professor of Public Health and Primary Care at Trinity College Dublin, and also Ian Marder, who is an Assistant Professor of Criminology at the School of Law at NUI Minute. You're both very welcome to the programme. If I could come to you first, uh, Ian, Obviously, we're just taking a tiny flake of the story when we talk about surrender bins at Electric Picnic. But in their own little way, they do highlight that the amount and range of drugs that are out there and also the free availability that's going on. And that's kind of important in terms of feeding into into the policy debate, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it is important that the range of healthcare and uh, policy options and services available takes into account the mix of drugs that are being consumed. And there are changes in this over time in terms of what people happen to be consuming, you know, in a given year can change, uh, the mix can change over the following years. Now, we obviously were very interested in this problem because it would be a massive social change if a decriminalisation was to come in, uh, certainly on a number of different drugs. Obviously, you know, you can have it on softer drugs, you can have it on harder drugs. So there's, there's different forms of decriminalisation. But you are in support of this policy. Uh, um, just give us the basic outline or, or the basic pitch for why this is a better policy than we currently have. Absolutely. So, I mean, there is a whole range of possible ways of regulating drugs through law, from total prohibition with criminal penalties through to, you know, a total free-for-all, I suppose. But in reality, there is no substance or thing that you can buy or consume that doesn't have some sort of legal regulation. So there's a wide range of possible options. And what decriminalization tends to mean is not that you can get it from shops, not that it's freely available, but rather that if you are caught with it, you do not get arrested and prosecuted and sent to prison and given a criminal record. And we know that the criminal justice system is not a good way to reduce the harms caused by crime. So the criminal justice system is held up as something which can deter people. And this is what the Citizens Assembly heard yesterday from the guards who spoke there, that it keeps people on the straight and narrow, that it scares people into not consuming drugs. And that's just simply not true. That does not align with the international evidence, which is really quite clear that decriminalization does not lead to an increase in the use of drugs. Okay, well, that's an absolutely vital point. Also, if you move to this new regime or what what you might call a more liberal treatment of the issue, do you envisage it at the state would would tax these drugs? Or, I mean, do, do you see that as part of the response? Well, again, decriminalization does not mean that it's available legally, right? So, I mean, you could have a system whereby some 
uh, substances are available legally. But I mean, in Ireland, morphine is legal, right? Now, that doesn't mean you can just get it, right? Mm. Morphine is legal, but it's only available under clinical conditions. So, you know, an equivalent of that for something that's currently illegal might be a supervised injection facility but where the heroin or heroin equivalent could be prescribed on site. So if that were the case, then that substance would be available legally, but you wouldn't be able to purchase it or use it recreationally. So, I mean, in Portugal, where drugs are decriminalized, none of the things which were decriminalized are available legally. So there is not a legal market. They are not taxed. They are not available recreationally. But what it means is that if you are caught in possession of drugs for personal use, the drug is taken from you and it's an administrative offense, which means that you are asked to go to a healthcare intervention, but you are not arrested, prosecuted, given a criminal record, and you don't risk going to prison. So in terms so of the language, so, sure. so in terms of the language on. we use, it might be better to say it's been medicalized rather than decriminalized, just to get the language correct. Are you talking though, what about drugs such as cannabis and so on? What what we call euphemistically softer drugs? Are you saying that they would be administered or given out, distributed by medical practitioners? Are you saying they would be in a different category? Well, Ireland already has a pilot system whereby cannabis is available for medical purposes under a very, very small number of circumstances. So, I mean, a lot of European countries do have a medicinal cannabis system, and Ireland is in the process of piloting that right now. But, you know, again, even that is different to countries where cannabis is available for recreational purposes, like in Canada, for example, where you can purchase cannabis in the way that you can purchase alcohol, for example, or at least, you know, it's it's somewhat comparable, like you have to be above a certain age and you can only get a certain amount at certain times. There's licenses for the places that sell it and so on. But within the context of what Ireland is looking at right now, the important thing, I think, is to consider in particular the decriminalization of those drugs which cause the most harm because things that are very addictive like heroin, things like different forms of cocaine, we are not reducing the harm to society by criminalizing the people who are caught in possession of those who are addicted to those things. But would, would we still continue to have public um, education programs, health, um, you know, advertising against those drugs? So in other words, yes, we're no longer penalising people using the criminal law, but we are saying we think this is a really bad idea for you to take a heroin. Oh, absolutely. You'd have at least as much or more of that, right? Because under a system which is criminalised, the assumption is that you can get it down to zero and no one should ever take it under any circumstances. Whereas under a decriminalized system where you accept that some people will always consume drugs, what you're trying to do is make that as safe as possible, including by reducing use, by reducing problematic use, by making treatment available to people who have addictions, who have you know health problems that stem from drugs. So under a decriminalized system where people are less stigmatized and more likely to come forward and engage with services, and also under a decriminalized system, you could take those resources that are currently being used you know, in a really futile way to criminalize people, all the people in prison for drug possession, like 
That's sure. really, really resource intensive. Okay, that we'll could all be moved towards healthcare. Shirted over, yeah. We, we'll come back to you in a second, Ian, but let me bring in my second contributor, who's Joanna Ivers, who's an Associate Professor of Public Health Primary Care at Trinity College. Joanna, obviously I don't want to get you bogged down too much in the, the policy of decriminalisation because I know you're more interested in treatment and those sort of issues. But does it help that at least treatment might get more attention through all of this process? Sort of a, It might be brought in there as an issue that we need to be better one way or the other at treating. It's sort of a, that might be a good benefit of all of this debate. Yeah, and I think I, I wholeheartedly agree with everything that Ian has said. Um in terms of, you know, public health measures, I think if we look at alcohol, I think we've got a lot better at educating people, talking to them about the harms and stuff like that. So I don't think that once we move towards a, a level, if we were to, of decriminalisation or certainly regulation that of some kind, that the public health message would fail. I think it would become more of a, a health issue as it should be um, and then we could treat that in, in the way that we should which is a health-led response. Now the only issue you do have cutting across all this obviously there's been a lot of focus recently on crime in Dublin and I'm not in any way saying all drug abusers are the causes of crime it's obviously a lot more complex than that but people do say there's a lot of treatment centres centred around the Dublin city centre area Joanna so is that an issue that we're you know, that's not going to go away just because a GP is administering the drugs. It's still going to be a problem that you've got people who are very addicted coming into a particular area and all the social problems that go with that. Well, yes, but again, I would draw you back to the evidence. So again, if we look at maybe the emerging epidemic that happened in the, both North and South inner city in the 80s, which was around the heroin epidemic. And what we've seen was a huge amount of people using heroin and the crime rates were out of control. So in order to reduce the crime rates and reduce the spread of infectious disease, we put in a number of public health measures which were around harm reduction, one of which was to prescribe uh, methadone. And what we've seen is, and listen, there's lots of issues with that as an intervention, but in terms of it reducing the spread of infectious diseases and indeed, you know, stabilising the crime rates for a, a a time that was incredibly successful. But don't you still run into a problem, rightly or wrongly, that, you know, a lot of people simply don't want these facilities in their area and they strongly object to them. They may be misinformed in that objection, but it does exist. Oh, yeah, I think, listen, if we think that, and I'm here today at the Citizens' Assembly, but if we think that a recommendation will be made, and as you say, that that will just seamlessly um, happen, we're, we're cutting ourselves. There's still a huge amount of work to be done. Um, there's many obstacles and challenges that will be put in our way in order to kind of reach those interventions. So it certainly won't be plain sailing by any stretch, but what it will do is move away from that punitive measure where we're punishing people who should be in a health service um, in a, a that find themselves in a a legal system that, as I say, is punitive and when people do enter into recovery, um, that 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 punitive measure often follows them. They're prohibited from getting certain jobs, from traveling to certain countries. And so you have this, you know, basic effect of somebody using drugs and being punished and that following them around forever. 
Um, if I can come back to you, Ian, obviously, you know, there's there's certainly a groundswell of support for, for decriminalising some drugs, not all of them. I know the heroin one in particular is a, a much harder sell politically, like massively so, um, less so for, for other drugs that are maybe slightly less addictive. But you do have a big um, attempt to try and push a rock up a hill here because uh, Garda Shikhan in particular and, and quite senior officers who are directly involved in combating drug addiction are saying this would be a disastrous policy change it would have huge negative social uh, consequences. So while I don't in any way <laughs> disavow you know, what yourself or Joanna are saying and the people taking part in the Assembly, we have to give at least some weight to the strong objections of the Gardaí who are saying this would be a very, very bad policy move. Well, I think what we have to give weight to is the evidence, right? So it would be entirely possible to have two contrary opinions, one which would say that if you decriminalize drugs, use will go up, and that's a problem. And the other view, if you decriminalize drugs, use will either remain stable or go down. And there is research on this from many, many countries. So what I would urge um, politicians to do and the Citizens Assembly is to follow the research evidence and look at the data and what actually has happened in places rather than necessarily, you know, the authority... uh, perceived authority of the speaker who is um, making the assertion. Right, but I mean, uh, the bottom line is it's not just authority, it's experience, right? Well, um, I mean, look, as I said, some of the assertions made at the Citizens' Assembly yesterday were simply not borne out by the evidence. So, I mean, the idea that the criminalization of drug possession deters people from taking drugs, that is not what has happened. That is not what the evidence shows. I know that uh, people who theoretically have experience and who do have experience of working in the area have said that, but that doesn't make it true. That doesn't make it supported by the best available evidence. Great. Well, I think it's the more we can toss these things around, the better, to be fair. So I'm I'm all on for this debate. Uh, let's see where it goes from here. But for now, I'm going to leave it there. Ian Marder, who is an assistant professor in criminology at uh, Maynooth University. I'm also at Joanna Hivers, who is an associate professor of public health and primary care at Trinity College. On the Record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC, a dedicated private business team built around you. It all adds up to the new equation on News Talk.